I'm Clyde Lewis, and you're about to listen to a sample of today's Ground Zero show. If you'd like to hear the podcast in its entirety, sign up at Aftermath.media. I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The number is to call tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. We're back, yes, after a week of playing old shows and uh, feeling sad, no internet, no power, nothing really. Uh, We're glad to be back, and uh, we hope you're safe and warm, and hope uh, you're listening to this program. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, especially after... An entire week of uh, trying to keep up to date with things, uh, just without internet, without data on your phone, without all these things. It was uh, a pretty bizarre experience. After a week away, I am, you don't know how happy I am to be, you know, here. I'm happy to be back with Ron and Wes, and uh, I'm sure there are many people who have uh, endured some pretty awful things with this deep freeze that the majority of the country was in. And a lot of people are still in the deep freeze. In fact, it's moved even further south. I know that Florida is now feeling it. And many regions of the United States were not prepared for severe weather, uh, the winter weather, how severe it was, especially here where I live. Uh, I've been here for 22 years. And never in my whole 22-year existence in Portland, Oregon, have I experienced temperatures in the lower teens, even below 12 degrees. I remember one of the things that was really cool about going to Utah to visit my folks at Christmas time was I'd be leaving there with temperatures at like, you know, 27, maybe 10 degrees. Who knows? We get on the plane, fly into Portland and say, ladies and gentlemen, the weather in Portland now is rain, 60 degrees, 50 degrees. Never in my life would I ever thought that we'd hit 10 degrees. Um, and we had, th- there was a difference between snow and ice and we had ice. Okay, I mean, I sent pictures out of what it looked like in front of my apartment. People were saying, well, it doesn't look that deep. Well, no, it wasn't deep snow. It was treacherous ice. And no one could walk. No one could drive. We had trees coming down everywhere, power out everywhere. It just doesn't happen that frequently. And as a state, well, it was obvious that our government here in the state of Oregon wasn't prepared. I mean, I mean, think about it. One snowflake falls on Portland, and there's a special news coverage. They they break away all programming. It's like a tornado has touched down or something. And so uh, the immediate impact from this storm began with high winds uh, taking down trees, ice forming on branches, ice forming on power lines, which caused some of them to crack and break, limbs falling into wires, falling on cars. In fact, we had a tragic case of someone electrocuted in their car, the baby survived, but the parents did not survive. It was just, I mean, power failures everywhere, awful. And the problem with the power failures is no heat. And even we had power in our home, but the heater couldn't keep up with the cold. And so we were in our coats. I mean, it wasn't, you know, terribly cold. I mean, it probably, you know probably 30 or 40 degrees in the house. I mean, it was in such a way that I could have a can of soda that was sitting outside the refrigerator that was getting cold in the home. So, I mean, that's how weird it was for us. 
I had a power pack, which was cool. I'd been charging it uh, just in case our power went out. The pack is supposed to actually power a motorhome or you know turn the battery on on a car. But it was handy to have it out because it had a big light on it and everything. So we were prepared, I think, for a lot of what Mother Nature threw at us. But there were some things we were able to learn about ourselves when we were stuck in our homes, unable to leave because the entire city is a treacherous ice rink. I mean, the biggest thing I learned about was that my state and my city, they're not prepared. They take all this money in from the government for emergencies and whatever they do, and they just don't seem to be prepared for disasters, nor do they uh, do things to prevent these disasters from taking place. They could have trimmed the trees. They could have, you know, uh, worked on the power lines beforehand, do some preventative measures. You don't see that. So you wonder where all the tax money goes. Well, I mean, we're one of the highest taxed states in the union, okay? So no matter what is happening in the real world, no matter, I mean, and, and this is where the mindset of this state is, because, of course, it's a liberal state. No matter what's happening in the real world, we got zealots and liberal left climate loyalists, and they just carry on filling their green reports out, you know, making incredible claims, politically intoxicated, never-ending compulsive melodrama. And it's a funny thing. If it were so damn irritating, You know, it'd be funny if it wasn't so irritating. We are being told that they need all of this money to prevent global warming rather than using it to protect people from weather threats. If money's going into preventing global warming, then maybe money should be set aside for when the weather isn't that great. See, I don't get how money is going to prevent bad weather from happening, but I can understand how money can help people when bad weather goes down. See, this is, I mean, there are a lot of things to think about when you're sitting alone in a cold house without internet. Okay. And and trying to find ways to get data from your phone to go into your internet. And, uh, you know, it's almost like you're, you're rubbing sticks together to get information or internet information. You know, we know that weather threats are a fact of life. They have always been in our reality. They're a reality. We deal with weather threats, okay? Big storms come and go, and this reality still remains lost, though, on the legions of faithful green cult followers still clinging to Al Gore and the UN's and the WEF's global warming mythology colored by more wild tales of drowning polar bears and whatever. Telling me that a government can prevent climate change, I think, is a real joke, especially when they have no real desire to get things back to normal within a good time frame. How many of you out there, if you're listening on a on a battery-powered radio or if you're listening, I don't know how you're listening to the show, on the internet or whatever, how many of you are still stuck in snow? How many of you feel like you've been ignored? How many of you feel like the infrastructure is not working? You see, when a person is stuck in ice and is stuck with no internet, no data, on the phone, nothing, things get dicey pretty damn soon. You begin to understand why you were buying everything in twos. You understand why... You were able to stock up on food and why you should always go to preparewithgroundzero.com, which is something that I'm going to hit home tonight for sure, because if it weren't for that, <laughs> there, there were a lot of times where there are things we wouldn't have been able to eat. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. We'll be back with more Ground Zero. Don't go away. 
You just listened to a segment of Ground Zero. If you'd like to hear previous shows along with having access to our online library and social media platform, sign up now at Aftermath.media. It's only $10 a month, and there's also yearly specials to fit your budget. Again, go to Aftermath.media. I'm Clyde Lewis, and thank you for supporting Ground Zero.